Welcome to the Six Degree Podcast, the podcast where we grill our guests about the things that make them tick and find out how human connection plays a role in their life. I'm your host, Emily Merrill. Hello, and welcome back to the Six Degree with Emily Merrill, the podcast where we grill our guests about the things that make them tick and find out how human connection plays a role in their life. I'm your host, Emily, and today I am know I'm going to be laughing hysterically. I have Sheldon Rumer, CEO and executive producer of This Is It Network, as today's guest. Sheldon, welcome to the show. I'm already laughing. I know. Hi, how are you? I am so good. And you are just a ray of sunshine or a beautiful rainbow that I need to stop and admire. And I can't wait to just dive into so many. We're going to be like squirrels on this conversation. I love it. I love it. It's as well overdue. We spoke a while ago and we finally figured out some time to get together. And I am so grateful. It's going to be so much fun. I selfishly think I created a podcast so I can hang out with people and just have really funny conversations. That's the only reason I created a company. (laughs) Right? Yeah. A hundred percent. I get to literally meet new people all day long as if I'm having new conversations, meeting new friends. It's selfish. And And you get to charge your friends to hang out with you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're like, oh, you you need my help? You need my help? I got I got it. I got it. This is perfect. Well, so I had to think this was, you know, I love to theme my podcast and I pulled it from, I was inspired by you actually. So this is it, is the theme of today's podcast. Oh, that makes me happy. This is it. It is not only symbolic, but the truth. (laughs) This is it. This is all I'm doing for the rest of the life. This is it. This is all we've got in our lives. So why did you start a company and why did you call it, this is it? And I swear. Take us way back. Take us all the way the origin story. I am. I am. So I am. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. And we might touch on a couple of them. And and so I proudly hit every check mark you could possibly ever imagine. I am an immigrant. I was born in Sierra Leone, West Africa, Freetown. Um, Absolutely wonderful, aggressively magical uh, West African family. Um, I come from a family of complete academics. I'm the creative and everyone else has a doctorate or, you know, multiple master's degrees. And I talk to myself on Facebook all day. Our Thanksgiving conversations, right? It's like, how do people pay you? Like very confused um, as to what it is that I'm up to. But it has always been a very much get there early, leave late kind of uh, work ethic. Um, And that has applied to everything, both academically and career-based as well as athletically. I was lucky enough to be a division one athlete. I played field hockey and ran track for LaSalle University in Philadelphia, which was absolutely wonderful. And I'm not going to race you, no to self. So, okay. But, <laughs> well, that was a long time ago <laughs> when I ran on purpose. Now I only run when people are chasing me. <laughs> when the tiger no is behind me. you. <laughs> <laughs> no one's chasing um, And so that was really wonderful. I wanted to be on MTV. If you, you guys are, might be, those that are listening might be a little too young to remember when MTV had music videos. But for me, that was it. I used to watch MTV diligently and wanted to be in a bikini on spring break introducing Eminem. That was like my goal um, was to like introduce music videos and, and musicians. And I went to LaSalle to study media and communications and, you know, was required to take Uh, an elective. And I had taken a marketing course and my advisor advised me to take marketing within the business, within the business department. And I was like, that's how they make money. Okay. (laughs) And the marriage between media and, and marketing kind of started there. Uh, After graduation, 
I worked um, not in a sexy space. I was selling uh, advertisements, help wanted ads for nurse practitioners, cold calling. That was not that was not a sexy lifestyle, but taught me the power of my voice and tone and inflection and sales. And so I believe everything and in every space happens for a reason. And but while that was happening, not to age myself, but uh, that was the height of the whole dot com space. And so all of my guy friends um, from college launched dot coms at the time. So I again went to school in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So it was upcoming events.com, phillytonight.com. It was all of these dot coms that still exist and serve the community. Um, I would leave my telemarketing, for lack of a better term, job from nine to five. And from six o'clock until 2 a.m., I'd work their launch parties and events with a clipboard and a headset. And I also began to see again if you put messages out into the world, people will come. So I would send an email and there would be a line around the block. And there was a very powerful thing to be able to invite someone and see that cause and effect, that action based on what it is that you were doing. So I was reinforcing that during the day by cold calling, smiling and dialing, as we like to say. And then I was um, getting that again in the evening when we were utilizing the beginning of digital marketing uh, to be able to get people to show up for offline events. Uh, All of that to say, did that for quite some time. And then I opened um, one of the toughest pieces of my life is that I decided that I wanted to own my own business and be an entrepreneur right out of the gate. And so I was driven by my guys with these dot-com spaces and I was like, I can do it too. And very Jerry Maguire-esque, I took my goldfish and left the telemarketing space. No one came with me. And I decided that I was going to start a printed magazine. Fast forward, I lost my shirt. No one could tell (laughs) 21-year-old Sheldon anything. I was like, I got this. I can do this. Um, and I couldn't, and I didn't, and I went home tail between my legs to my West African parents. Um, it was not a good day. By oh my sense. God. What did they say? What, like, I mean, first and foremost, you, this is 2009, this is 2000. No, no, I'm 43. This is 2000. This is 2000. Okay. So, so you weren't so off base though. There were still printed magazines. That was not like a crazy thing. It wasn't the A-track. I wasn't trying to mass produce A-track. Yeah, I was like, best of luck to you when people tell me they want to start a magazine now. But I wasn't experienced enough to know. You you couldn't tell 21-year-old Sheldon, but I wasn't, I had no idea. Like, I wanted to make the publication pretty. I didn't realize that the advertising truly is what drove it, you know, and I didn't understand the runway time. Like, you have to be able to print a certain amount to gain adoption, and then the advertisers will come. Needless to say... Sheldon ran home. And so I grew up in Southern New Jersey. And so um, that was a little bit of a mess. Um, My father still to this day. So it was a pocket sized publication called Our Magazine. Um, Philadelphia's Guide to Nightlife and Lifestyle, please. And um, my father, my West West African father is 76. He still has the magazines on his desk. So you printed it. You actually achieved, like you made it. You printed it. You got to a point of completion. Four editions we have for 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 issues. It was crazy. It was just such a learning period and such an amazing space. And um, I went home to South Jersey. um, And then at that time, there was a casino that was that was launching for the first time in Atlantic City called Borgata hotel, casino, and spa. And I lobbied difficultly and hard for a job. And when 
they opened, they had 5,000 employees and I was number 269. So I, I begged and pleaded and, and, and it was, it was, it's actually a very beautiful story on how I got the job through networking, but it was, it was a wonderful experience. I traveled, I went to my first Super Bowl at that time. I did a huge number of events and celebrity wrangling and all the beautiful fun stuff, burnt out a bit. Um, and went home, went, wanted to go back to Philadelphia, you know, though I love South Jersey, you know, I wanted to be in a metropolitan area and I started IG creative from there. And so IG creative was a traditional PR marketing and, uh, graphic design firm, but we were working primarily with small business owners, primarily women. And what I found was, as you can tell, hopefully if those that are listening and, and my new friend, Emily can probably feel it um, by looking at me right now, I'm naturally energetic and very much an extrovert. And what was really difficult for me to wrap my mind around is that I would be working with these small business owners and I would ask them, let's just say she's a baker and she had, you know, sells chocolate chip cookies. And I said, why should someone buy your chocolate chip cookies versus someone else's? And she could not part her lips to tell me you replace the baker with the woman who owns the bicycle shop could not tell me why you should buy the bicycles. You replace the bicycle shop with the woman who sells the clothing. Why should somebody buy your jumpsuit? She can't tell me. And it was this, this continuous space where I said, there has to be an answer. There has to be a reason. I was booking these people on the Today Show and Good Morning, like Good Day Philadelphia and all these scenarios. And they would freeze and I, I would panic. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have to tell your story. Um, so I pulled the camera from out of my desk. Um, I was documenting things before documenting things was a thing. Um, and I channeled my MTV VJ Nisness. And I said that I was going to, you know, we're just, just going to practice. We're just going to practice. I'm going to get you comfortable in front of the camera. And this is it TV stemmed from that. I would just interview my clients. They would automatically drop their shoulders and feel comfortable. I have a weird way of transferring energy from myself to other people. And they have the ability to finally find their voice. And I allowed for them a platform to make that happen. And after I did two, I literally stood up and said, this is it. This is what I will be doing for the rest of my life. And this is that network started. From and that. then that's where we are. And then you're Googling it. This is it. Do, do we register it? No one has this as a name. This is amazing. That's it. So, it's, it's in trademark and whole thing. That is incredible. What, an, what a beautiful story, though, about all the different paths that you took to get to where you are. Because the telemarketer version of you, do, I, do you think she would believe that you would be owning this agency right now? Or would she no. think that you were still in the marketing world? I mean, I'm a, I'm the, the interesting thing about me is that I've always the 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 young girl who left the, you know, left work at five and went at six. I've always been grossly ambitious and, mm-hmm. and really always unnecessarily taking on things that I didn't need to take on um, and wanting to be, to use my voice in, in a way I wasn't sure how I was going to use it. Right. It, I, I originally thought it was on MTV and then I originally thought it was in a magazine and I, you know, the, the underlying theme of my life has been the same. The mediums and the tools have been different, right? And so that has been the really interesting thing was finding my vehicle and finding my tool. And that really, to your point about magazines and timing, that really was based on the timing of my life. Like this is it network wouldn't have, as it is today as a digital streaming service, wouldn't have applied to 21 year old Sheldon, wasn't even available for her. Right. So she had to live all of those lives in order to get here. 
And technology definitely, as, as you got older and as you learned more, like technology definitely um, kept up with you or definitely improved over time. Sure. But you did mention it was IG agency that you started? Yes, it was IG creative. So our email base is still i-gcreative.com. So everything was stemming from that. And that, so when this is it network grew and was, when I started doing those interviews with those clients, it was just a branch of what it is. Um, not until just recently were we transferring everything into this production company of sorts. And it's just been a wonderful evolution. Um, and that was pre-Instagram though, that you started IG. What, what the heck though? Like what, I mean, I could have only- like, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, but like in a way that was so probably so advantageous to you because then IG came out or Instagram yeah. came out. Did people correlate IG to Instagram or? A little bit, a little bit. And so we were doing, we were doing a lot more traditional, um, traditional campaigns. So, you know, again, to your point, so print ads and, and a lot of events and a lot of PR. And we were going to, we were producing events to create the story. That's when the beginning of the change in public relations happened, right? It was the difference between pitching a story and then creating a story, right? Um, where that used to be the thing, you would send out the pitches and hopes and, and that somebody would pick it up in those kinds of scenarios. But as digital came to life and as you were creating your own stories and the websites were more about the home in which your stories lived, you really gave your clients an opportunity to create their and really tell their own narratives, right? Tell the story about not just about the chocolate chip cookie, but about baking with their grandmother. And there's a black and white picture of them in the kitchen from 19, whatever it is, and, and really diving into the storytelling of things. And so, you know, it was before it was, it was a unique way of looking at things. We were before our time in that way, where we were competing against other agencies that were strictly just pitching. I love that. I love that transition. And I think this is it is the perfect name for what you do, but you know, backing up, you picked up your camera, which I could imagine was more of like a handheld thing. There it was not recorded on. It your was phone. not on the phone. I think we were still flipping it at the time. The flip yeah. phone. Can you remember your flip phone? The quality of the photos were just superb. They were extraordinary. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. <laughs> um, but yeah, picking up your camera, and you said that people, their their whole bodies changed when you would ask them questions. And you know, I think you and I have this in common. Like we could probably be put dropped anywhere and walk out with at least one new friend and like a whole life story. But there's so many people that are intimidated a to tell their story, B to brag about their story and C to even put themselves in that same situation. So do you have any tips or advice for someone in like, if they were if you, in front of you right now and you were picking up your camera, what would you tell them to do? Yeah, no. And, and I am truly passionate about this. The, the, our mission at This Is It Network is to encourage people to no longer whisper their wishes, but to in fact scream their dream, to use your voice, not only to gain attention, but to be intentional. And I think that we don't realize the power of what we say, even in what we don't say and what we post out into the world that will get us closer to what it is that we want. And we don't realize that by sharing our story, by using our voice, we can make amazing and impactful things happen. When I teach personal branding and my definition of personal branding is what people say and think about you in your absence. Mm-hmm. It's what that looks and feels like when you are not in the room, right? That's when the decisions are made. All of the major decisions in our lives are happen when we are not present, whether we get promoted, whether we get the job, 
job, whether somebody signs the contract, whether someone wants to buy your service, you're not involved in that, right? They talk amongst themselves. They decide whether or not the husband and the wife want to, or the partner wants to buy the house. All of those things happen without you. If they want to hire you, it happens without you. Before they interview you, they Google you, right? And so for me, I just found it really tragic that people did not take advantage of the opportunity of, of really honing in on their voice. One of the things that I believe to be the reason for that is that you are not prepared. So we put so much pressure on our expectation of what it is we want, what it is we want people to think of us that we overthink it. And I provide a simplistic way of doing so. So the only things you need to, the basis of your personal brand should be grounded in who you are, what you want, and why you deserve it. Those are the three things you need to be able to understand in the present moment. Who are you? What do you want? And why do you deserve what you want? If you can create that straight line and understand, I call it your unique equation, because only you want what you want as you are and deserve what you want as you are, right? So yes, a lot of people have the resume that looks the same, but they're not you. A lot of people want what you want, but don't have the resume or and are not you. So that's your unique equation. And so I think that if you hone that, you know those things. I'm Cheldon Barlett Rumor. I'm a seasoned marketing executive. I'd love for you to watch This Is It TV. I've been on for the past, I've owned this business for the past 10 years, who I am, what I want and why I deserve it, right? And so it's a very, and again, I'm fluent. I'm an extrovert, so it's comfortable for me. But the key is to practice that, right? And I tell my students, I'm like, how do you feel when you have studied for a test? You're like, oh, I got this, no problem. You know, give me that test, whatever. No problem, I can whiz through it. How do you feel when you haven't studied for a test? It's the same as how you feel when somebody asks you a question in which you are unable to answer. You're not prepared. You're making excuses. You're fidgeting around. You're looking at the clock. You're blaming your roommate's cat for keeping you up at night, right? You're making all of those excuses as to why not to do it. The key in delivering a message is to be, in fact, prepared. And even the most prepare, right? And you have to think about it as your favorite athletes, you know, Serena Williams still practices. Simone Biles still practices. Every day they practice. And they are amazing at what it is that they do. And so it's not a natural thing. You might have talent. You might be extroverted. But you still have to to practice. So my goal is for you all to realize who you are, what you want, and why you deserve it. And recite that to yourself um, until you can take the test. That is such a great point, too, about practice. And and I think those examples of those individuals were like, well, of course they can take a vacation and they can take some time off. But even during the pandemic, like the basketball players were practicing and making makeshift gyms at their homes and, you know, their body is their, their business. Um, But, you know, it brings, it begs for where do people practice? And I'm going to totally plug networking right now because it, it frustrates me when people are like, well, I have no one to practice with. They're like, it's not kosher for me to practice at a dinner party. And I'm like, absolutely. It's important for you to present yourself calmly and holistically at a dinner party, but networking organizations or networking events and making yourself feel uncomfortable, I think is the best way to actually strengthen that muscle. It's like when you go to the gym, you're not going to pick up the, well, I'm not going to pick up the 45s. You probably start at the five and then maybe the tens and the fifteens and you build up to the forty-five. So 
that and then I'm just, you know, bench pressing 45 and looking like a rock star. But I love that. And I think um, the other thing too, is we have so many tools provided to us right now. We're not limited to the early 2000s where you don't have a flip phone that has a camera on it. <laughs> we we can stream Instagram live, I think is just, or Instagram stories. If you're uncomfortable with saying who you are, using that as a tool to look at yourself. How are you looking? Are you looking like a weirdo and anxious while you're doing this? Right. And it starts somewhere. There's always a first video, everyone, right? I mean, and that's the beauty of the story. Your story is any good story is messy, right? And what I encourage What I encourage people to do is what I call become a bestseller, right? No one wants to read the book of the perfect person. No No one buys that book. No one goes to that movie. That's not a blockbuster, right? And so you need to find your blockbuster. You need to be a bestseller. You need to understand that this is going to take time. And even though we believe that things are overnight successes, there's so many stories and so many hurdles before you heard of them last night. And so I think that, we need to become patient with ourselves in the journey, of it, but we do need to use our voices, even in comfortable places. I was speaking to someone a little bit earlier about getting comfortable being uncomfortable, um, but it, that goes back to your want, right? So if I'm saying that I want more people to watch This Is It Network, if that's my goal, what are the tools that I need to use in order to make that a reality? Like if you're hungry, you're not like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And you're hoping for food to manifest itself, right? If you're hungry, you're like, I'm either going to order, I'm going to cook, or I'm going to starve, right? But those are the choices. And so usually you take action in order for you to receive what you want. The same thing applies here. It's just now we have an array of different Yeah, I I completely agree. And I'm very grateful my husband feeds me like clockwork regularly. I feel like I've been on podcasts before and he's like, food delivered? I'm like, I would be a giant I love that. A part of this, but you said something that, that I think I get stuck on. And I think a lot of our listeners get stuck on is it is a journey to get through your story, or there is usually like a aha moment that led you to your why of why you created it. And where do you, where do you recommend like inserting that in without it being the, the biggest sob story in the entire world and bringing people down. Um, but being the hero of your own story and letting people feel the emotions and feel that much more. Invested. Sure. I mean, I think that we all want that come up, right. And we all want to hear, like, we are all even the most, I would even say famous or flawed. And, and I think the vulnerability of who we are makes us approachable and aspirational. So, so if you pretend that perfection is an exhausting an exhausting journey to be on, right? But to be vulnerable and accessible is a beautiful thing. And I think what overwhelms people is one, thinking that they have to tell all of your stories um, and thinking that you need to let everybody into every single chapter of your life. What I encourage people to do is to focus on your highlight mm-hmm. reel is what I like to call it. You know, as a former athlete, again, aging myself, we used to have to, and they still do this, but you have to put together your tape in order to get recruited by colleges or universities. There was a lot of games I didn't play well, right? But those weren't on the tape. You know what I mean? The tape was 
Cheldon scoring, Cheldon diving, Cheldon assisting, Cheldon breaking records. That was on the tape. And I think you understanding and sharing the journey to those successes is really, really important and really focusing on that high rally reel. Same example as it relates to musicians. You know, when you go to concerts, you want to hear their greatest hits. You want to hear like, yes, they've created something new in their basement and that's amazing but you didn't pay to park for that. Like you paid to, you paid because you want to sing every word and people are like, Oh, they'll get sick of that story that I told so many times. No, they came for the story. They came for that top 10 hit. And, and so I think that even though to maybe your loved ones, we've heard it before, you know, it's not the cocktail party of life. Your audience is different and they're, they're diving into you when they need you for that story and for that inspiration. So keep telling that story, keep honing in that story and really, you know, understand that that's going to be a pillar um, in what it is that you're delivering. You had another kind of like, I don't know, peak or valley that happened to you during the pandemic. I mean, you were interviewing 700 plus women, having this in-person studio and as we know, this small little pandemic, global pandemic, uh, affected some of our lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. small little things. But you, you, not at all. <laughs> you pivot. I'm like, what's the word I'm looking for? You pivoted beautifully. So tell us about, you know, when you had that realization that you were going to have to take what you were doing and reimagine it. Yeah. So you know, as you know, everyone in that March of 2020, it was just one of those situations where it kind of abruptly hit, like none of us were prepared. Nobody got the memo. Nobody got the in two weeks, we will you know, kind of scenario. And even when we got the initial, you know, we were in this brick and mortar in the center city. It was great um, space where we get that notice that, yes, you're supposed to stay home. Yes, you're supposed to quarantine. We, I initially thought it was for two weeks. I thought it was like for a couple of weeks of kind of being at home home and and being this isolated space and then we'd we'd be good we'd be good when we realized abruptly that that wasn't the case I was not well I have to be honest my new friend I was not cute by any stretch of the imagination I could not find my lashes my weave was crooked I didn't brush my hair I looked insane I looked insane my husband was very I was eating Oreos like cobs of corn like sleeves of Oreos like a savage nacho cheese sauce like I was not okay not know what to do with myself because you can imagine all of this energy was not used and I just didn't know how to serve like I didn't know how to be present um for what it is that I was you know what it is I was so accustomed to doing I was fixated also on the studio experience and you know I loved Philadelphia Pennsylvania and I was people would come to us and we take our pictures and we sit shoulder to shoulder and it was this beautiful experience that I got to kind of to truly share with our guests who would really travel in to see us and so what we did that was really really great is that we opened this up and did a call for guests and so instead of there being any geographic limitations of people coming to me I was able to join everyone else and it was amazing. And so now we have contributors from Australia and Trinidad and Toronto. And on any given day, I'm speaking to someone in New Jersey and then speaking to somebody on the other side of the world. But I think that was like such a cool tool where we have all these tools in our toolbox, but we weren't even using the tools. So now you're talking to these people globally back in person, or are you feeling like this is where you want to stay? 
hybrid experience. You know, what we do is we consider it educational entertainment. So provides an insight that really drives and supports uh, the entrepreneurial spirit. Our goal is to connect remarkable women to inspiring stories and to give them an opportunity to connect with each other. And so what we would love to do and what we're really looking into now for 2022 is having a studio space that allows for us to entertain and engage individuals in studio through live programming, but then also being able to stream that uh, to folks' homes, whether it be through a mobile device as well as in the digital space. So really looking to be in the Apple TV, Amazon Fire space in, in 2022 and really being on people's smart TVs and in their handhelds uh, in a really impactful way while entertaining them in a studio. So yeah, that's Well, this is it. This is definitely the time to see her. Uh, Sheldon, how can people learn more about about you and about your programs and your offerings? And if I, I'm like, gosh, I want to take some media training from you as well. I feel like that's a gift that everyone should oh, give themselves. Oh my gosh, please. Yes, I, I have, it's such a fun thing. I do, you know, personal training through our, our Screen Your Dream uh, training and, and really our mission is to, again, elevate the voices of remarkable women. And so please, if you want anything to do with personal branding or please watch This Is It TV and This Is It Network, you can go to thisisittv.com. For all of our latest episodes, you can find them at thisisit.tv. And for any bit of inspiration that you need, you can follow Fan and Like Us everywhere you find at This Is It TV. She's never said that before. I, I think that was your first time. Every <laughs> day, time. every day, every day, four times a day. <laughs> oh, you're like, I can say it in my dreams. I say I it in my dreams. I think well, my before, children know how to say it. Just oh, like. I'm sure. I hope, I hope they're plugging you. They're like in, you know, their high schools and middle schools or elementary schools just being yeah. like, oh, this is it. What are you guys doing tonight? This is it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Good. You're training early. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Yeah, we didn't even talk about motherhood. That's a whole another topic. We That's a whole. Have. You maybe yeah. you'll have me back. Maybe if I'm yes, lucky yes, enough, you'll or, have me back, and you'll I'll be on our show soon enough. I'm sure. Yeah, so we'll have to have a whole new tangent on on motherhood. But before we wrap, yeah. I love asking six fast questions. Ooh, so, oh yeah, six fast questions that you don't know what they are, which is fantastic. So, oh my gosh, first one. I feel like this one's this. I mean, I learned so much about you already. But tell mm-hmm. us an unknown fun fact about you. Oh, an unknown fun. This is a really, really good one. Um, I always wanted to sing and I cannot. I can talk really well, but I cannot sing. I can also not swim, which is not a crazy fact, but I cannot swim. You cannot swim or you have not tried to swim? Oh, that's a, that's, I have tried. (laughs) Maybe unsuccessfully, but I haven't really, I can't really say that I've tried to swim. I just can't swim. My husband would pay you any amount of money to get me to swim. And I'm just like, nah. And he's like, you need to learn how to swim. I'm like, I don't know. Do I need to? And he's like, don't you want to go and do, I'm going to go and do what? And that, that's a very small minded scenario. So maybe the challenge for 2021, 2022 is to swim. Do you, and we're okay. got a lot of hair. I got a lot. Of, I was going to say follow up question. Do you get into a pool? Like, do you oh, wade I, into a pool? I happily wade in the pool with the cocktail and the life and the suit and the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm not paddling anywhere. Okay. So you've not been like dropped into a lake or like put uh, on the back. I have or... been thrown into pools. Into pools. Yes. Wow, that's true. Sure. Maybe it's traumatic. 
it's definitely traumatic. You're like staying to the edge. My, um, my dad, as a kid, we would go tubing in Michigan. We'd go spend our summer in Michigan. We'd have life vests on, but it was his mission to throw us off the tube, which now I'm like, my insurance isn't that good. I'm now pregnant. Like, please don't do this. And you know, my, my symbols are like slower, 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 like lazy river, but he would throw us off and we would just like go through the air knock our air out of our chest, kind of land in the water. So I feel you if you have a traumatic experience. And, and I don't know if it's, I, I think maybe I've kind of muted it out, but yes, I cannot swim. Okay, so is, this summer, she's going to swim. I'm going to swim. She's going to swim, maybe a triathlon. I mean, you're probably okay, running relax, down. Relax. <laughs> I'm going to get out of the baby side of the That's Okay, okay. Well, out of this baby <laughs> Who would be a dream person to be connected with? Oh, I'm obsessed with my Oprah, of course. Of course, of course. And I, but it, for me, it's different. Well, I shouldn't say it's different. I don't know what it is for everybody else, but for me, yes, she's a billionaire. Yes. She is a talk show host and she's um, a celebrity for, but for me, she was my truth. You know, you know, I, I saw her and I knew I could do it. I mean, representation is everything. And, and that for a girl that, you know, that was obsessed with television and equally obsessed with talk shows. There was never a doubt that I could do what I'm doing now. There was never. And that was because I saw her. And, and, that, is, and that is a different, yeah. And that is a difference. But yes, she's a celebrity and yes, she has her favorite mm-hmm. thing. But not only was she present and my truth, she used her voice for good. And, and- that- powerful and she needs to put you on my favorite thing so oprah if you're listening i know this is one of your favorite things too uh this is it please oprah, please I, I have awful confidence that i will, will meet her and and she i and gail will have i met gail so you're almost there you? mm-hmm. it was it was wonderful and then i saw her at a restaurant afterwards and it took everything in my power not to go over and be like hi remember me in for an event do you remember i escorted you up to bank of america's tower and she's like you know i didn't i, I held oh my it gosh soon soon I, yeah. I went when they were both on tour when she was yeah when she was doing her beautiful tours we'd all my sisters and i and my mom we'd all go oh good i also would like to see on your list eminem you know and i would love oh. to see your vj days i have a like, i have a long list okay. you asked for one i have yes. so many <laughs> perfect so i, I just, would love to meet howard Stern randomly. Yeah. I love communicators. Yeah. David People who tell stories. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Um, what TV show are you watching besides your own? Uh, fair enough. I just watched Hack. Ooh, I don't know that one. Really good. That's on HBO. Forgive me. I don't oh my gosh, yeah. it's just amazing. I watched um what do I do? What have I been binging? I have to be really quite honest with you. Um, everybody out there, I love superheroes. Yeah. Did you watch The Boys? Of course I watched The Boys. I just like the idea of superpowers mm-hmm. in that way. I think that there's something interesting about the uniqueness of, of the variation. I just think that, and always the stories behind, I love a good story, obviously. And so superheroes is like really, anything that has superheroes in it is, is a big, is a thing for me. And what would your superpower be? Uh, I would love to fly. Same. Which is kind of boring-ish. But I was, when I was little, I was very fast as a child. And so a runner. And like Chitara from um, Thundercats was like my, my end all be all. You can skip the airport. There's so many perks to find. Uh, What book are you reading? Are you reading any book? 
there's actually, there's a bunch here. So go big now. And then that's, I mean, I'm literally sitting here, Julia Pilsner. She's Pil- Pilsner. I want to say she's great. I'm in a book club. First of all, I'm not much of a read. I have to tell you family that's listening. Sheldon is not much of a reader. I'm a skimmer. And now audible is my life. As I'm on the treadmill, I'm just listening to people share their joy. You can't see me as I'm fake running, but like, yes, that's what I'm doing. Um, anything, you know, I have a ton of books back here. A lot of, I do a lot of like marketing stuff and technique stuff versus I don't do real novels. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of television and film. I feel like if you, um, you know, the marketing books are great and I have like a gajillion of them and then I don't know how to start reading a novel again. I'm like, oh, how do I read, how do I read fiction? This is so weird. Right, for so long. How to like really get out of your funk and your mindset, right? I've been self-helping for so long. I don't necessarily know if I can get it. Totally, I feel you. Um, I have two more questions for you. Sure. What, what is your favorite emoji? Oh, uh, the heart. The heart? Oh, I like the that. The heart. As boring as it is, it is the heart. I just, I love a good heart. I mean, everybody needs just a little bit more love. I know it's simple, but it is my first and most popular one. I, I think that it's, it's so saying about you, so telling about you. And then my final question for you is, who is the person that either A, inspired you or gave you permission to do the thing you wanted to do with your life? My mother. Your mother. Yeah. And, and it's funny. So if you follow me on any social media platforms, I inundate you all with quotes mm-hmm. on a regular basis and to the point where it's gritted out and it's in that space. And when I was growing up, my mother and even the journal that I have with the quotes um, is inspired by my mother and is testament to her. Because when we were growing up throughout the house, there would be post-its with quotes from athletes, musicians, scholars, physicians, scientists, all over the house. I mean, to the point where we didn't even recognize them, really. We'd just be brushing our teeth. We'd move the post-it, brush our teeth. We'd say it. We'd go in the bathroom, open the drawer. There's, I mean, everywhere. And then as obnoxious, yeah, obnoxious college kid, I came home frustrated, maybe slightly hungover. And I was like, what is with these post-its? Like annoyed, right, at this woman. And she's standing in the foyer of the bathroom in the, in the doorway. And she said, there will be a time in your life where you do not have the words and you will need the words of others. And that's why I do it. And, and I was like, Oh, I'm so ungrateful. You know what I mean? Like at that point I was like, I'm an ungrateful child. Um, But it was the most poetic moment that I have ever had with anyone. And it was just telling like she did it for years and still does it. She's 76. God bless her. And it, they're just everywhere. And now they surround my children. And now, you know, I'm passing that along. And so my mom, she just is unapologetically a hard worker and has encouraged us always to arrive early and stay late and, and share the best of ourselves. So yeah. I love that. And now you're, you're passing on her tradition by inundating all of us with quotes yes. on Instagram. Yes, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And that it, it inspires it inspires what I do every morning. It's called a morning message that I do every morning. And it broadcasts on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And tomorrow is our 300th episode of the morning message. So I do it Monday through Friday. And I started it in the pandemic to hold myself accountable and to show up every day. And 300 of them will be, tomorrow will be the 300th. And people will ask me like, don't you get tired? And, you know, oh my God, how do you know what to talk about? And I said, you know, what if nobody watches? I said, you know, I don't know who needs me today. And just like my mom didn't know which quote we needed. And so it's just about really showing up and and doing what you can when you can. 
And here you are now. Well, Sheldon, thank you so much for just such an incredible conversation and opportunity to learn about you. I highly recommend our listeners check out This Is It Network. It is extraordinary. If you want just like a hit of adrenaline, just listen to one of her episodes. (laughs) She has more energy than six cups of Dunkin' Donuts. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh, so much fun. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to staying connected. So likewise and listeners again, thank you again for listening. If you like today's episode, make sure to subscribe or follow, uh, share with friends and we'll see you the next time on the sixth degree. Mm-hmm.